This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery Free in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. Break a shot. Goal. post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Touch to Mitchell. Leiden back. Oh, look at that. Five goals scored at the county ground. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've done that since the 5-5 against Sheffield United at home. Joining me to revel in what was a remarkable game. First of all, Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi, Rich. It feels so good to be on here after a home win. Uh, What a day we've had. Yes, it really, really does. And also, on the hype train of victory, of course, it's Dan. One, two, three, four, five. Are your senses working overtime? Oh, they, they were in overtime when it was four, I think. <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> happy new year, gentlemen. Happy new year, everyone. And when football's like that, isn't it just the best thing? It's just a drug, isn't it? Like, just give me that second half spell where we scored four in, what was it, 15 minutes. Just like, if you could package that up as a drug, I I, I would take it. Absolutely. And Happy New Year to everybody listening. And this episode is being recorded just hours after the full-time whistle. So I think we're just going to just enjoy this, Connor, and talk through what was a game of about four segments, wasn't it? Yeah. um, Yeah, I think we've probably not been able to reflect on exactly the run of things uh, quite as much as we'd do if we were recording the day after. Uh, But to kind of counterbalance that, we're probably going to be like way more exuberant than we would be if we're talking about this tomorrow night. So uh, 
I prefer that uh, with my kind of vibes-based assessment. I, I enjoy doing the vibes while I'm still feeling them. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, I think you're right. It, like, it, it was a game of four halves, as you said, um, which kind of were, you, you know, most of those segments were Swindon being good and being the better team, which we haven't had much of recently. Um, definitely haven't had much of at home this season. Uh, and it was great to kind of put together like a really dominant display over 90 minutes, um, you know, barring 15, 20 minutes here or there. I just wish I said four quarters as opposed to four halves. Really disappointed in myself. Oh, you said four segments, but four halves, it's just sounded better to me, you know. Oh, thank goodness for that. Okay, well, Dan, there were a few changes to the Swindon lineup from the nil-nil draw in midweek against Stevenage. Lineup was Jojo Wallacott playing his final game for I don't know how long because he goes off to play in the Africa Cup of Nations. Good up, good luck to him. Uh, at the back, we had well, on the wing we had Kane Kessler Hayden and Ellis Iandolo and Rob Hunt in Akin Odomeo there in the middle. Jordan Lydon came in unexpectedly. Yeah. Uh, also, also joining him in midfield was Johnny Williams and Jack Payne and Lou Reed were there as per Tyree Simpson found himself back in the starting lineup along with some some chap named Harry McCurdy who we'll probably discuss at some point um you know I always like to start these episodes down with talk about how did you feel about the lineup mm-hmm. I gotta be honest I wasn't too offended with with many of the changes there given what what we saw on Wednesday night yeah I agree um I think before the match um before the team was named I'd called for Simpson, Williams and Critchlow to come back in. Um, so, yeah, two out of three for me. And um, I, I was a bit concerned. Um, and I think it did play out a little bit with the lack of centre-halves on the pitch um, against such a dominant aerial side, set-piece side like Northampton. But, you know, Rob Hunt did a great job and we got to see half an hour of Critchlow as well. So he's put himself in contention for the the big one next week against Mansfield. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tease. We're coming for you, Man City. We're coming for them. And that's nice. It's just, you know, we'll host them, but we'll also go after them as well. Connor, did, were you were you sort of very much on side with that lineup? Yeah, um, I think we kind of had to keep it broadly similar to what we had on um, Wednesday. Like we've kind of gone through getting players up to speed. So I think kind of keeping players that played, uh, even if they were were subs in the previous game, uh, probably was the right way to go. Um, obviously, I think the, the, the players that came in all were the substitutes from, from the other day. So, yeah, it felt like the right kind of decision to me. Um, but to be honest, I was quite nervous about the game. I think you look at sort of the way that Northampton have been going in the league, and I know that, they haven't played for nearly as long as well for for actually longer than than we hadn't played, um, but I was kind of looking like what do I expect from them, uh, and I think like in the end they kind of seem to have the hangover that we had on Wednesday today, uh, which potentially that's meant we've caught them on a really good day, and yeah, it, it went about as well as I could have could have hoped for as a Swindon fan. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this in in four segments, um, <laughs> as as composed by Dave. Uh, and chapter one of these segments is zero to thirty five minutes, which he describes as we are the better team and deservedly ahead. Dan, talk me through the opening stages. Uh, it's a catchy title um, of segment mm. one of our Terry's chocolate orange. Um, so yeah, it was um 
a much, much better start than our recent um, home efforts uh, in this season so far. Much more purpose, much more tempo. I think the inclusion of Williams um, just gives you so much drive from midfield. Several jinking attacking runs today ending in a foul. Not all of them ending in a free kick being awarded, which um, was a very curious one when he got the two hands in the back and the referee waved play off. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, until the goal, we hadn't really carved out a really clear chance. There was a few shots over, like a, a Harry McCurdy shot that whistled wide. There's some really good positions. Um, but yeah, the, the sort of first real clear chance led to us being one and up. It was the 31st minute. Um, some really nice build-up play. Uh, Tyree Simpson with a sumptuous ball out to Payne, who was in acres of space on the left wing. Um, really good first touch to just drive him to the edge of the box. And then a uh, lovely cut back. Bit of luck with the um, coming off the defender's legs. But, you know, McCurdy is not going to get an easier chance than that other than maybe the third goal. Gets the ball back here off Pinnock. Hunt feeds that forward well to Simpson. Simpson curls that out to the left-hand side. Good spot of Payne in space. Payne has it here. He's inside the penalty area. Drills it across goal. And it's given to McCurdy from the deflection. Who fires it? McCurdy's first goal, and it's not, you know, I think a few of them, um, there are those moments where... For this game, Connor, he turned into a proper number nine because, you know, his second goal was really good, which we'll talk about a bit later. But the others were very sort of instinctive and in the right place at the right time. A real number nine performance by McCurdy. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what, when he's playing this this role kind of off Simpson, that's what we want him to be doing. We want him to be gambling and uh, getting into the right positions. Uh, and I thought... Probably what is different between the first 35 minutes of this game and uh, the first 35 minutes of a lot of games at home over the last few months um, is that we did seem to be cohesive between the two of them. Like Simpson and McCurdy were kind of linking up and uh, playing off each other. Simpson's kind of holding the ball up. And obviously Dan mentioned the chance where he kind of flashes wide from um, kind of just on the angle. Um, It kind of was a show of things to come. And... Yeah, I think that the most impressive thing about Harry McCurdy's performance on Saturday as a whole, obviously beyond the four goals that he got, uh, was the fact that he was constantly in the position to score those goals. Like They weren't difficult goals to score. Um, there are a couple of ones that are really good technically, but like he's, he's just got into the exact right position to put the ball in the back of the net. And that is exactly what we want him to be doing. Um, so long may that continue. And, and sticking with you, Connor, in terms of what Dan said about Johnny Williams and it is he's he's quite tough to officiate I think because and I mean if anyone noticed it was Sam Allison who was the referee former Chippenham Town player um but uh, Johnny Williams does go to ground very very easily and sometimes I think I want him to try and stay on his feet and see how far he can go and you know the amount of times he does go down and some of them are fouls you know the the referee's not going to get them all right and wrong but sometimes I think what might happen if he does if he does just keep going? Yeah, uh, I think it's a good point. I think the, the thing that made it weird with Johnny Williams is that there were probably four or five of those in the first half, uh, which makes you think probably the referee's got the majority of them right, but there's got to be one or two in there that are actually fouls and he's just seen enough of him going to ground too easily that he's not giving him the benefit of the doubt in a situation where he probably deserves it. If that makes sense. Um, so 
to be honest, I didn't I, I didn't find it that annoying because uh, from the refereeing perspective, I thought that's absolutely fine because most of them he seemed to sort of have actually judged it correctly. But there's a few that you can't quite see. I mean, there's one where he just like ran down the middle of Northampton and seemed to skip past three. Like that, from from where I was sat, I was like, I don't know how he can't have been fouled there uh, if he's gone to ground. But um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to sort of keep going down really easily, you are going to make the decision e- easier for the ref in the wrong way um, in situations where you have been like marginally fouled. So yeah, like you say, if he could run through in any way, then then it'd be great. But I guess if you're being fouled, then probably you can't. So yeah, and and Dan, in in regards to that first goal again, how many people need to give Tyree Simpson an apology for playing it wide um, instead of going <laughs> down the middle? Because a lot of people around me, and I would say not audibly, but in my head, I was like, oh, he should have gone straight down the middle. But I I cannot believe how much space they gave Jack Payne. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean. I I hadn't observed any moaning as Simpson spread the ball out. Maybe the left-hand side of the Don Rogers is slightly more educated <laughs> in a footballing sense. <laughs> Sorry to all the uh, the right wingers there. Um, no, um, I think if you if you try and play that ball down the middle, it's got to be perfect. And Simpson isn't Gladwin, you know, who put a free ball through for McCurdy at the end, and he's not Williams, he's not Payne. So I think he did the absolute right thing get it wide and then get yourself into the box. Um, and that played out beautifully because, um, yeah, Simpson was in there, McCurdy was in there, there was another red shirt lurking too. So it was really good to see, you know, all those bodies flying in, trying to trying to finish it off. Can I just give you a couple of other early observations, Rich? God, I wish one, you would. One thing that annoyed me, the Northampton right back wore number three that I hated. <laughs> and secondly, there was a terrific Van Basten volley from McCurdy on the sort of Arkles mm. Town End corner, which he hit so true it went straight out from throwing. And <laughs> like you could just tell he was in the mood. And if you want a third one, it's that Leiden was really adding a lot to the side. Um, I think he is a better footballer than than Ryan East uh, in in totality I mean East is sort of like your sort of poor man's Reed and he will get better no doubt but Reedy does the East job better than East um, and actually getting Leiden back in there just give us some dynamism today you know a bit of physicality I loved his little tangle with Koike on the Don Rogers side that was great fun um, very harsh a foul to go against him and then <laughs> Leiden got Pushed into the gravel just to get a nice little graze um, on his wrist, I'm sure. But no, I, I, I think a fit Leiden, a fire in Leiden, could actually be a bit of a a flyer for the second half of the season. It's going to feel a bit like a new new signing. Connor, do you have any issues with Aaron McGowan, the number three for uh, for Northampton? I think using numbers on kits non-traditionally is the way to go. Uh, and I'm really sorry if that offends people. But yeah, number three at right back all day long. Thank you very much. Ooh. If not up front. Yeah, no, I, I have no problem with it. Um, but yeah, no, Leiden was, was really good to have back. Um, it's been so long, like waiting for him to sort of kind of get a start. I guess that's the first time this season 
uh, in like a, a game of importance to us. Uh, it's great to see him. Um, that the dent that the turf left uh, when he was pushed over by Quickie was like <laughs> there at the end of the game as well. You could see exactly where he fell over on his back, um, which was uh, quite funny. Um, and I think more than anything, I really like this new kind of system where we are playing two defensive midfielders or deeper midfielders because uh, it's creating more angles to play out and we just look a lot more short at the back. Um, I, I, I think that's no coincidence that that's not happened in the two games in a row where we have done that versus um, kind of having one man at the base of midfield trying to do it all. Um, and and like you point. say, having Leiden there, who's a bit different um, to um, Reed uh, rather than East, who who is kind of like the younger brother, it feels like, of, of Reed. Uh, East is the younger brother, stylistically, of Reed. Um, yeah, it, it kind of mixes things up and uh, yeah, he combined really well with the other players in that midfield, I thought. And yeah, just really enjoyable to watch. Let's move to segment two, the 35th to the 55th minute-ish. Northampton score and we look like we will fold. In the presser, you know, I, I stated that, you know, I had, had concerns about this game based on what I'd saw against Stevenage in the hope that, Northampton might might suffer the same as us, which might get us, you know, a point. It got us three, brilliant. But what was so bizarre, I think, about this game to a degree is up until the moment that that we started scoring freely, it, this game could have gone either way, and Northampton were a real threat. Yeah, um, it was so frustrating. Firstly, because they hadn't really created anything of note before they scored in the. What was it? Thirty eighth minute, um, and even with that, I think I was getting, I was getting a strawberry lace out of a bag of sweets. <laughs> um, and upon looking up, the diagonal ball over to Hoskins was sort of halfway over to him. So I still haven't seen what happened in the build up. Whether someone gave it away in midfield, or if it was just an excellent diagonal ball over the top. I think maybe we'll just have to say that because I've I looked at the clip from our friend Ian in America and I was trying to think, well, is Iron Delow out of position? I don't especially think he is. I, I just think it's a really good ball over the top and yeah, an excellent finish. Um, the, the chaps around me were questioning whether Wallacott could have come out a bit sooner, closed the angle, but none of us are goalkeepers. So, um, you know, as Hanrahan's told us in the past, don't analyse <laughs> goalkeepers. Um, <laughs> we don't know anything. But I'd, I would be interested in some goalkeepers' thoughts whether Jojo could have closed the angle down a little bit better. It seemed like there was quite a large gaping gap at that back post, which Hoskins you know, finished with a, a plomb. But yeah, after that was the worrying bit. Because um, we just seemed to go to jelly for f- five minutes. Um, overplaying at the back all of a sudden. Wallacott's kicking went to pot. Slice um, out for a throw-in, which got the big the big jeers from the, the Northampton fans when they weren't trashing the toilets in the Arkle stand. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we owe Rob Hunt a big pat on the back. He he got a very good block in from a, a coiky cut back. I, I can't remember who hit it, but Rob Hunt was there uh, in the way. Then you had Ethan. Is it Ethan Pinnock? Or am I thinking of someone else? That's the Brentford oh, centre-back. But yeah, the, uh, the Northampton Pinnock did... Uh, <laughs> His best impression of Paul Evans at Wrexham. Uh, for any town fans who were there, I was. It was a fantastic free kick. And very nearly caught Wallacott out. But Wallacott 
got his positioning just right and was able to backpedal and tip it over the bar. That would have been, you know, I think, you know, you might have had to clap that one. Um, and then, yeah, it just felt like halftime kind of saved us a little bit. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, uh, we did, definitely. I mean, I, it's weird because I think we kind of came out and it felt like the same game. Um, so I kind of hesitate to say it completely saved us because I think they were still on top first five minutes of the second half and then we turned the corner. Um, but yeah, I was looking forward to half time as soon as that, that first goal went in. And the weird thing about it, like you say, it, it kind of came from... Not, we're not completely nowhere. I think they had a bit of possession in, in our own half, but it kind of came off a transition where we looked like we were about to score a second. And I was sort of um, thinking to myself, now would be the perfect time to just score now and try and put the game to bed in the first half. Um, and then all of a sudden, brilliant ball over and, and a goal. In terms of the angle, I feel like if... If Wallacott comes down, I feel like that's then on for the... It comes out, that's then there for like the square ball and tap in um, into an empty net. Uh, so I can... I, I, that, that's, that was kind of my thinking. I kind of didn't want to blame anyone. I think it's just a very oh, good no, I mean, goal. I was only asking the question. Yeah, no, no, no. So uh, there, there was the same kind of conversations going on in me as well. And it's, I think it's one of them where if someone plays that good a pass, it just happens, doesn't it, sometimes? So... Um, yeah, fortunately, did get through to half time, um, sort of on level terms. But I was, I was very worried that we wouldn't do uh, for those kind of five minutes between the goal and and half time. While we we were rocked because um, yeah, there were a number of like small things that just kind of make you worry a little bit. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't get punished for it, so all good. Well. Quite remarkably, given what happened in the second half, Northampton took the lead um, <laughs> in the second. Uh, I, I can only describe this set piece as a fortunate shank um, because there's no way it's Mitch Pinnock, um, our friend from the first half, who's put one in and it's just fallen perfectly um, for the chap who was scheduled to join Swindon in the summer. Guthrie. John Guthrie, yeah. It's static defending from Swindon, who won offside. I think Ben Garner in the post-match was saying, they're all offside, they're all offside, everything's offside um, for, for many. But there was there was a feeling down of the Sutton game where they, everything they were doing was angled around getting set pieces, wasn't it? And just mm -hmm. trying their luck, which is what they're good at. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I sort of, having paused the video clip of, this, of the second goal, I would say there was at least three or four offside, including the goal scorer, Guthrie. So I've got a bit of sympathy with Garner there. But it is a high-risk way of defending. You know, it obviously serves a purpose. You're trying to keep as much space between, you know, the line of players and Wallacott as possible. You're trying to make Northampton put it into an area where, you know, hopefully Wallacott's going to dominate. But, yeah. The thing that irked me as a Swindonian was um, the goal celebration from Northampton in our <laughs> corner, which seemed entirely unnecessary. And didn't you get your comeuppance, John Guffrey? <laughs> oh, Connor, the, the Northampton fans were E-I-E-I-E-I-O. They were having a great old time. They'd been quite audible, you know, they'd been quite loud. Great turnout, 746 Northampton fans. And then off they went into the corner. And again, our pal Mitch Pinnock giving it the big guns. Um mm. Oh dear. 
Yeah, um, I mean, we love to see it when we're an away, <laughs> away, away fan, uh, and Swindon are doing that to the home team. So um, I'm not going to be too offended. It, it was it made the occasion all the better for the fact that the club that we played against actually have fans. Um, yes. and, and that they were actually there in the ground because it meant there was a little bit of back and forth like uh, chance playing off each other um, and just like the, the fact that it felt like there was a little bit of a needle in the game for the first hour or so after which point obviously they quite naturally just lost their voice um, so <laughs> yeah um, it, it good turnout from them uh, and yeah from from in terms of celebration yeah it's annoying when it goes against you. It's funny when it doesn't. Uh, I'm sure they'd have much rather been doing that to their uh, to their away fans with they scored in the exact wrong corner of the ground to do that. So, um, yeah, the fact that we managed to kind of pretty much go down the other end and equalise made that so much sweeter uh, because you can just forget about the fact they've annoyed you and just get back into the game as a Swindon fan, probably as a Swindon player as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just enjoy it. Uh, Kessler Hayden, Kessler Hayden on the corner of the box here, Swindon try and get an immediate reply, clips the cross in, uh, ricochets back to Simpson inside the penalty area, trying to turn his way towards goal, gets in one shot, Northampton have miscued it, it's blocked well before Payne can get there, McCurdy shoots, and McCurdy And there's nothing sweeter than, than, you know, scoring a goal when the opposition fans are still celebrating the other one. Newport had that, you know, joy against Swindon a few a month or so ago when they equalised pretty much immediately after. And I would say this is probably McCurdy's best finish of the four. Would you agree? I agree completely, yeah. Um, after a bit of uh, penalty box pinball, uh, I think Simpson did some good work holding people off, tried to have a turn and shot blocked. Payne tried to have a shot blocked. Um, and really, where the ball fell to McCurdy, it didn't look... It didn't look on, did it? Um, it was behind him, but he's done the old turn on a sixpence and lashed it home on his... Well, we assume it's a weaker foot because he's a right-footed player, but um, really, really good finish. Um, instinctive, sort of shades of Charlie Austin in the in the way that, you know, just in one motion, turn, bang, goal. It's really, really good finish, and you used the word number nine earlier. Um and yeah, today certainly was his most number nine-esque performance. Yeah, we're in the third segment now, which Dave describes as between the 55th and 65th minute is some mad shit happens. <laughs> and Connor, I, I can't describe it any better than that. It was, I, I'm, I'm really worried that the greatest 10 minutes of my year <laughs> might have happened on the <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're back where we were in 2020 when Owen Doyle uh, scored the winner at Plymouth, and I was like, "Well, it's not going to get better from here." And it really didn't. It got us, it got so much worse. Um, so fingers crossed that hasn't happened again. Um, but yeah, Swindon Town starting the year brilliantly uh, before the world goes to shit <laughs> has happened before. Um, so yeah, watch this space, I guess. Um, but yeah, in terms of watching Swindon play this season, this, season, this year, um, we will do very well to have another 10, 15 minute spell. It was as good as that. Like if you could bottle that as just absolute lightning, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And like, I remember being like really annoyed um, before the game that, that we'd changed ends um, 
because I was like, oh, like as much as it's good to kind of be attacking the end that I'm down uh, in the second half, I always feel like if you're going towards the town end, that that extra five ten percent will just suck the ball into the back of the net. Uh, so I'm so glad to have been wrong on that as well and just absolutely delighted to have all of the celebrations going on, not directly in front of me, but close enough that I could see everything happening and like the players just bundling over each other. Um, yeah, that that's that that that's like the best bit of the day, I think. Yeah, uh, it, it's nice to have a you know the thoughts that had a better view in the second half of those goals than Clem Mulfooney did, who decided to <laughs> go in the town end. And I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to confirm that I was in the firing range of Harry McCurdy's uh, machine gunned arrow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like he he kind of takes out like his bow and arrow and then starts machine gunning people. It's it's quite the weapon, Dan. Yeah, there's a few echoes of the the England cricket sprinkler in there as well <laughs> in the uh, the side to side sort of jittery motion. So maybe uh, once you do get McCurdy on the pod in five years after he's just fired us into the championship um, and moved on to Tottenham. Um, then yeah, you can ask him. Um, now, goal free. If if we can talk about goal free, really intelligent turn feeds it into Simpson here. Simpson there, almost ahead of the goalkeeper. It lobs to McCurdy for the deflection, and Harry McCurdy's first goal. Owed a lot to to Williams. Yeah, oh. free ball for Simpson. Yeah, Simpson a bit unlucky not to score himself. An excellent block tackle. Um, but before you could even really, you know reflect on on the quality of the tackle McCurdy nipped in for goal number three and then it was just it was just pandemonium it's like it's probably the most Wellensy we've been under Garner <laughs> in the sense that it just felt like the momentum was with us the fans were up you know every time we went forward it looked like we we're going to score and of course you know we're celebrating we sit down we're celebrating again like my little boy was absolutely just mad for it. He couldn't believe what's going on. He's like, Daddy, we scored five. <laughs> and his favourite player is Harry McCurdy because he's got a ponytail. And Harry McCurdy got four. Oh. Four goals. Like, oh, I just love seeing the look on his face. Like, what's going on? Football's <laughs> amazing. Lovely. Oh, and it is. Um, yeah, this is where I, I don't want to sort of flatten the positivity curve and... You know, when I was thinking about this on the way home, you know, my initial instincts go, yeah, but, but since then thinking about it, it's like, like I said, you know, McCurdy got, you know, three of those four are very, you could argue, very fortunate. He's in the right place at the right time, but that is his job. And that's the positivity. And my next sort of thing that I was thinking about was, I think Ben Garner played this game perfectly, tactically, yeah. because what we have here on, on Wednesday night, fans are bemoaning you know Swindon's performance having you know been bedridden with with a respiratory illness and Northampton have done the same and I'm you know I know we're really sort of thrilled and really happy with the five goals but there's no doubt in my mind that they've utterly exploited this and it worked incredibly well because Northampton fell off a cliff absolutely and it was that you could see their energy levels were gone yeah, and it could have been six, seven, eight, because oh, sure, like Dan yeah. said, every time we went forward, it looked like all we wanted to do was get the ball straight to someone who could shoot. And that's probably one of the first times that we've actually really done that this season, where yeah. we kind of are running from deep and you think like this attack is going to end up with a shot. 
and it's not it's not going to kind of funnel out wide and then we might cross it or we might go back and then go to the other side um not not in terms of like oh we need to get forward but like we were playing with such purpose down down that middle and like i think that the players believed every time we get the ball we're going to score obviously we hit the post two times um i think we hit the bar at some point as well rob hunt um, yeah yeah it like we it, we would have like very we could very possibly have sort of grabbed a few more from that game um and i think that was the most exciting thing about it um but yeah no i think it it probably is the most wellensy we've felt uh, and um yeah maybe it's just a confidence thing because there have been times away from home where we kind of have felt a little bit like that um but yeah like once you kind of release the shackles and just like have the the belief that we're able to paste teams um then that's that's probably the best thing that can happen like we've we've needed this all season and it kind of feels like a really big landmark moment in terms of like there's now no reason for us to like not go into the next home game in the league uh, and not believe that we should be winning quite easily. I mean, obviously it's Rovers, so it should be <laughs> a gifted three oh, points. Uh, oh, big talk. Don't stop it. Yeah. But, um, but, but, the, but like, obviously we go into that game knowing we're the better team. We have a bit of home form now um, and the, the players have enjoyed a home game and hopefully they'll be looking forward to the next home game, which obviously we don't know what they think about, but, you would imagine if you were in that dressing room, you must be have been looking forward to away games more this season, and uh, hopefully now they've kind of got that taste of a good home atmosphere and want that again. Yeah, Dan. Dan, I just think that although it you know doesn't impact us at all, that second half performance, those ten minutes, is exactly what Paul Tisdale should have been making his Stevenage players do in midweek because we were there for the taking mm-hmm. and. I want. I do wonder how the season is going to be sort of played out by teams recovering from from sort of self isolating. It, it felt like it was going to be like a three three game to just just. I know confidence is one thing, but they weren't there. They were they were dead. Yeah, I I, I do think, and I said this before the match actually. So I'm not going to claim. Um, you know, I'm saying this after the event. Um, Horsfall and Guffrey are two very big lads as you can see very good in the air but on the floor they're not great and I think part of the reason we were quite so good today is actually the delivery to Simpson was absolutely bang on there were lots of balls down the side sort of waist height and below which Simpson was able to run onto because he's not slow um, use his body really smartly we had players near Simpson all day um, principally McCurdy, but you know, attacking midfielders joining in too. So I think we've played their centre halves really well, even if they are a little bit knackered post COVID or fatigued, whatever. We've um, the actual method was probably um, the best it's been up to up to Simpson, and I think Simpson had a, a magnificent game. Um, his development is just a joy to joy to watch, and um, I really really hope. No one in Ipswich is listening and no one in Ipswich is looking. Um, Because I'd really like him to stay the whole season. And we got him on 10, we got McCurdy on 10, Payne on 8. And suddenly, like, it's amazing what one game could do. You feel like (laughs) we're a bit goal shy. We didn't, you know, only scored one at Orient, scored none at Barrow, limp in midweek. But yeah, today was um, was the the sort of light in the touch paper, hopefully. Um, 
on the season and our, our home form. To the edge of the box. How can Swindon counter-attack with intelligence? Reed floats the ball forward. Simpson tries to take this down. Uh, barges off Koike. It's on the edge of the area. Gets the ball on the right foot. Oh, it's 4-2 now! Connor, Tyrese's goal deserved. I joked at full-time that he's the man of the match. <laughs> um, but... The way he sort of just brushes those defenders aside and the goalkeeper's dive makes it just so satisfying to watch. I've watched it about 10 times, possibly my favourite goal of the night um, of the day. It is my favourite goal of the day and it was thoroughly deserved. Yeah, because I think the thing that makes that goal really satisfying is that he picks the ball up with a lot of work to do. And he kind of beats two men at once in, in terms of like he beats one man and then that causes the other defenders to kind of just completely lose track of where he's supposed to be um, and just shifts it onto his nominally, I guess, weaker right foot and just absolutely laughs it in. I, don't, I mean, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot about that goal to like. Um, and yeah, he, he deserved it based on his all-round performance um, in terms of the way he kind of linked up um, the runs he made and like he the desire from him um, to get onto every ball um, was was fantastic. Obviously, attacking uh, like like Dan mentions with uh, passes down the side um, to kind of dominate those defenders territorially. Uh, but like towards the end of the um, first half, I think before they scored their goal, but we had already scored ours. He clears a corner um, and then absolutely charges like a bull. Um, to try and get on the end of his clearance and he nearly gets there and then he kind of goes to push up against their defence again and it just like completely shows like why we rate him so highly um, so yeah I hope Ipswich are not listening to us being very positive about him um, Well, but... Nor- Norwood scoring now isn't it which is good for two things one that keeps Tyrese with us and two it saves us from a month of people saying well maybe we'll sign Norwood um, which will be the first transfer window in quite some time so um, yeah I mean it's I, I saw a bit of I heard a bit of mild panic when he threw his shirt into the crowd at the at the end of the game where I was like oh no what's this this is a goodbye but McCurdy did the same so we're all cool oh, McCurdy's going as well oh, he scores no. four goals <laughs> <laughs> he's going to the Chelsea. <laughs> Or Spurs, as, as Dan predicted. Well, he's a sort of spicy character. I could see him joining Chelsea's rivals just for a laugh. It's always funny when you see their personalities on, on the pitch and in social media, then you hear them interviewed and they're so rubbish. They're just, <laughs> they just, they, they couldn't want to, well, they just want to be somewhere else every single time. And it's just like, you just want to, you want to hear a bit of that enthusiasm and a little bit of cheekiness. Um, but Cody gets his fourth of the game thanks to a rebound from a Lou Reed free kick uh, to his run up Reed then comes up strikes the free kick it looks good it's beat now well by the goalkeeper and McCarthy has scored his fourth of the afternoon good finish we already saw the first hat trick for a Swindon player in over two years and then we saw our first haul uh, for exactly nine years Oh my goodness! I wonder who's going to score the four in nine years' time. But it was it was incredible. And for all the love of McCurdy, what we need to see from him that it's not a one in five or a one in ten performance. This is we, he's shown us what he's c- capable of, of of in terms of finishing and positioning. Let's see some more of it. I mean, Man City is the Man City game. You know, all jokes aside, we we can't really 
you know, if if if, if we get a situation like we've had this weekend, then we're in for a lovely weekend next week. I didn't see the James Collins haul. Um, and I think before then it was probably Duncan Shearer. So I'm really, really happy to have seen one. And the thrill of it was we didn't like it when Pinnock was giving it the big guns to when mm. they made it 2-1. But, <laughs> oh, McCurdy. <laughs> yeah, but that's retaliation. So that's their cop. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the... it. I was looking at the uh, NATO conventions and it is there, Um, you know, (laughs) rule 56, you know, (laughs) section C, um, second sentence, you can give the big guns if in retaliation. And that's fact. It was, it's, it it was really, really good. Uh, uh, Criticism. He was so desperate for his fifth um, that there, there were, we, we could have, you know, with the, the posts and the bar effort, we could have easily scored nine or ten, but we really should do. But he was so desperate for his fifth that he was ignoring various, very, very, very easy through balls for others to uh, to get in on the act. But that's fine. Do that when you're five yeah, two up. I, I I would much rather he does that then than you know if it's a, a really tight game. Uh, which obviously this one wasn't. I wanted seven. I think the point that I'd dig out of what you were talking about maybe a minute or two ago in terms of McCurdy is um, maybe we what we need to do, rather than anything to do with his attitude or anything to do with the kind of style of, of football that he plays, is just get the ball to an area that he's near in the air, in the box and, and, and do that. I think obviously probably the reason why we've got four goals out of him today and not uh, in other games is like he was in the box with the ball so much um today uh, so if we can try try and uh, like give him the chance to kind of run onto a, a a ball in the area and shoot then uh hopefully that will work more times than not and, and and that can be our way of kind of getting a bit more consistency out of him because i guess even if you're going to miss a lot of chances if you create a lot of chances then you're more more likely than not to get one or two decent re- rewards from it as well. So, uh, like, yeah, just the, the amount of times that we gave him the chance to do something in an attacking sense um, today is probably probably the thing that turned him from what would have been a, a good performance and a goal to a great performance and four goals. And we'll remember this for years to come. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. McCurdy, in my mind, is straight in there. Four goals. What, what more can you ask from him? An incredible achievement for anyone it, 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 should, it always strikes me as the sort of achievement that should happen more but it just doesn't does it and the fact that I was reading off there that we we rarely score five goals I mean we we got five away at Dartford in the League Cup and we haven't scored five in the in, in at the county ground since Sheffield bloody United and we didn't even win that game mm-hmm. so <laughs> um amazing amazing look man of the match was harry mccurdy both in terms of the pod and the contributions from listeners but there's this give shout outs because the first thing that everyone was saying you know when we were discussing the game at full time was how brilliant it was to see jordan Lydon in the starting 11 and playing well and my initial thought is he's never going to get into that man city 11 but it's how how do you drop him for that performance exactly how Mm. How do you drop him? You can, can you? Because, I mean, the assumption is that they're going to have, a, you know, Dion Conroy's looking to come back. Critchlow's available. And Gladwin will be like, excuse me, I, I'd like to play too, please. But it's a bad day for Ben Gladwin, really, because oh, he's kind of got to play, hasn't he, on the base of that performance. 
and what he does, Dan, for the midfield. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, right? You're going to have 20% possession if you're doing all right. Um, <laughs> oh, God, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Leiden gives you bite, he gives you legs, a bit of discipline next to Reed. Um, I mean, in fact, I, I'm all for just having like a little terrier in there to protect Reed at all costs for all the time. Um, seems like a good use of uh, an Australian midfielder. Yeah, oh, someone's going to miss out, aren't they? I, th- I think Conroy and Critchlow, you know, you've got to remove the sentiment. I think both of them will play. So somebody's missing out at the back. I hope it's not Rob Hunt. He's been magnificent centre-half. Odomeo's been so consistent. The two wing-backs have been fantastic. So, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be Ben Garner there. What about then players that impress you today that, you know, apart from Harry McCurdy, who are the standouts? Well, so, I mean, we've mentioned a few. You, you know, Lydon, yes. Simpson, magnificent. Johnny Williams in that first half. And actually, the through ball for one of the goals in the second half. I, I, I think he's a magnificent player, Johnny. You see, the opposition treat him very differently to other midfielders that we have. They're either shit-scared and won't touch him, or... As you've seen today, they have to bring him down. Like he's just got the ball glued to his feet. Sometimes um, he's very good. I, I think he now. I mean, he's got to be fully fit, right? Even if his fully fit isn't as fully fit as someone else, you know, he needs to play, especially at home where we've struggled to unlock doors. Um, but yeah, I mean, elsewhere. Kessler Hayden, up and down that right touchline, very good. Interesting, I think Iandolo was less attacking today and probably with the purpose of balancing that up a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unusual for us not to mention Payne, really, but, you know, Reed was pretty good again. Um, just a really, really good day for the squad. The three lads off the bench as well all contributed well. Yeah, yeah, but Payne, second game in the row where he's not been in the man of the match conversation, which, as you as you quite rightly point out, point out, is extremely rare indeed. Connor, anything to add on on notable performances? Uh, yeah, I wanted to kind of note on Kesler Hayden um, that we kind of looked at the battle between him and Ali Koike in September when um, we had the away game, um, and we kind of said like for all of the positive things that we'd seen from him until that point, um, that kind of matchup between the two of them um, on that day uh, was a kind of a show of how much he had to learn at at a football league level. Um, And I think today's performance is at least a kind of a a post along that road um, because he absolutely, um, absolutely (laughs) sort of outplayed Koike down that flank um, and looked really, really dangerous um, on a number of occasions. Um, So, um, that's a that's a feather to his cap, um, uh, I think. Um, Iandolo, um I noticed after Payne went off that he he took the armband on, um, which I think kind of speaks to kind of probably how well liked he is within like the the management. Um, it, he seems to be becoming like a more and more important player for us um, as as he kind of gets more and more experience and. Uh, yeah, it's good that we've kind of been able to get through pretty much the whole season without him sort of missing for any of the games. So, That's word. Um, 
Fingers, yeah, fingers crossed. I've not absolutely uh, jinxed that, but um, yeah, like just really, really dependable. Um, yeah, Leiden was brilliant. We've kind of talked about him, um, but yeah, it, it's one of those performances where sort of to a man, really, you can't um, pick any faults. Um, I could, I could say something positive about everyone that played. So that, that's a nice thing, isn't it? Just and we we don't do it enough, really. And I know I've I've mentioned that he got it spot on today, but. A magnificent day for Ben Garner, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, and after a few inconspicuous performances, you know, I think that Barrow performance in particular, there was a failure to adapt to the the weather and the conditions. Orient did to us in the second half, kind of what we did to Northampton today. Um, you know, the crime there was really not going two one up at Orient. There was a couple of chances. Kessler Hayden and Ian Delow. Um and then of course the limp limp performance against Stevenage which now can be consigned to the you know there was mitigating circumstances there because we won today um, so yeah I, th- I think we needed this performance we really did uh, you know you've got these 8,000 home fans loyal and true and they've really really needed to see a performance like that and I think for the players too to see the, the fans noise and the feeling around the ground when when they do win, I, I just really hope this can be a, a a corner turned. Obviously, the proof will be in the the pudding as we go through Jan and, and Feb. Uh, yeah, I mean that is the performance, and no fan can say when are they going to do something at home now, can they? That's that's the that's the game, that's the result they were looking for. And Harry McCurdy now what nine league goals in fifteen games, considering he only scored ten in seventy five. Um, for the rest of his career. Um, so, massive season for him. Shall we talk about the Man City game? Because we're allowed to talk about it now. Yeah. It's the next game. It's Can the you next believe game. It? Good grief. I really don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I was talking to Rich Banyard, of course, and, you know, he's convinced it's going to be nine. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think that, but... You know, even if they pick six or five or six, you know, first teams or knowns, it's going to be incredibly difficult, this one, isn't it? It's either going to be the greatest shock in FA Cup modern history <laughs> or we'll just join the club of picking the ball out the net a lot of times, which uh, which seems to be quite a frequent thing in the Premier League. <laughs> mm. um, I, to be fair, I think the worst case scenario is that there is no shame in what yeah. has happened because like you say it happens to teams at the elite level of the game uh, and obviously we don't have the resources of many of those teams so if we manage to keep it to like an okay scoreline then that's kind of a small success that we can kind of use as something to maybe build a little bit of confidence on even if it's like a three or four or something like that, which would would probably be a good result for us, even though we want to win. Um, But yeah, the the chance is there. It's the FA Cup. Anything could happen, as as Sol Campbell once said. Uh, So... (laughs) You love Sol Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a great clip. Um, (laughs) I I just... Yeah, I'm... Like I just keep thinking we're going to win one nil and Sandler scoring the winner in the ninety sixth minute, and I'm I'm going to keep saying that because that is what you have to do, isn't it? Like, is that the ninety sixth minute of normal time or the sixth minute of extra time? 
because there is no, no replay. No, it's now. got to be the ninety. It's got to be the ninety-sixth minute. So in, six minutes of injury time, the last okay. kick of the game, pandemonium. Yeah. And and I think you know we all go to football matches. Every time I go to a football match, I hope for a, a, a game like we saw this weekend. You know, you always sort of go and go. Oh, I wonder if this week is the seven-goal game. You know, and then more more often than not, it's a one-nil, a two-one, the usual. And next week we have the opportunity to just you know try and do some absolute damage to a Premier League side, and I can't wait. You know, it's I I, I don't see it as anything more than an exhibition match in many ways. But <laughs> yeah. Swind- Swindon will be will be setting it up to try and win, but. I just, I'm just really looking forward to seeing a packed county ground, a oh, packed yeah. away end, some noise, some floodlights. Hopefully, the rain stays away, and just, just hope that it's not a damp squibby. You know, if if there are lots of goals and it's against Swindon, that's that's not the end of the world. I just don't want it to be like the Chelsea game, you know, what, seven eight years ago, where Jose Mourinho just set aside up to just go get two goals, and that would be that. You know, I, I just, I want to, I want to see Swindon up against. One of the best in not a friendly circumstance, but oh my goodness! If we, I just want us also to score, you know, every time we seem to play our big games, Wembley in recent times, and some of our bigger sort of home games, we never bloody score. I just want to be able to get off my feet and and cheer one. I want to mess up some careers as well, you know. Obviously, <laughs> or De Bruyne, but <laughs> yeah, Ginkle, didn't he get injured? At oh, the... yeah, not, not in, not, maybe not in Ginkle. But... Come on, Dan. <laughs> well, what else I, could that mean? I was, I was more thinking about De Bruyne's Chelsea career yeah, being. They're over not going to drop De Bruyne because he had a bad game at Swindon Town. Come on! Oh, oh, how they might! It could be who's who's Chelsea's equivalent. Not Chelsea's. Who's who's, who's Man City's equivalent of? Of that now, I, I have no idea. I just I want to see, I want to see someone humiliated, and I just like okay. And it, it can't be us, uh, but yeah, and just, <laughs> just like small things, like I know we absolutely crunch one of them, not in an injury way, but just in a roar of the crowd when like they get booted into the stands, that kind of thing. Um, I want, yeah. I want Stefan to have a howler, you know, dropping the ball. I want, I think they've got a Brazilian young Brazilian player. Is it Kai K or oh, something like that? And he'll make his debut, and I want us to just send him back to Santos or whatever. Yeah, welcome so. to Swindon. <laughs> but can I just say, I mean, it's irrelevant, right? Even if even if we by some miracle we score one or two, we're going to lose five two, right? But I want it to be fun. I want Sam yeah. to compete, and actually, we do have a few players with a little bit of magic in their feet. You know, it's not out of the question that Johnny Williams. Jack Payne, Gladwin, Reed from a set piece. That somebody lashes one in. So let's yes. just let's just make a memory. Let's end some careers, as Connor said. Let's go back like nineteen seventies <laughs> football. Chopper Harris. We gotta have at least one nutmeg as well, haven't we? We got. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Hayden's man. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we're just you know look at this is how Tim Pot we are. We're getting all giddy at the idea of nutmegging. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that's as good as it will get. But frankly, you've got to take what you can. Please. And and we contributed to the noise. I just really want the fans to just enjoy the, the evening as well and and just be loud. Just be yeah. really ruddy bloody loud and give them a fright. And um, yeah, oh, it's going to be fun. 
Um, there's no risk of this game falling afoul to any government legislation or rules, is there? There's still, you know, is there a risk? I feel like even if they decide there has to be something, like um, this is obviously really ill-informed, like pretty much everything I say about public health measures, Rich, as you know, as you well know. Yes, I do. I, w- <laughs> I would like to hope that there would at least be, it, they would need too much time to actually put that into law so that we could still have <laughs> our game. They should do it so that the laws come into effect at like half time. <laughs> so we at least get, we at least get the first half. Um, well, that's 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 Manchester City, you know, analysed. No need for anything else now, I think, for the whole week. Oh, it's a McCurdy day, guys. Beautiful day. Long, well, let's hope that every game in 2022 is this good. Absolutely. We're all off to social media to see who McCurdy is winding up. Gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers thank you. All. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.